This podcast may contain explicit language and themes, so listener discretion is advised. Ill-advised, misinformed, our half-baked opinions will be performed. Are you ready? Is the mic on? Welcome to the Hill to Die On. You're listening to A Hill to Die On, a podcast hosted by two stubborn as shit Aussies who give hot takes on a different topic every week, go away to dig deeper and then reconvene to share whether or not their hot take hill was worth dying on. We're your hosts, once gifted children, Josie Spicer and Cara Brooks. This week we're asking whether or not it's worth making a New Year's resolution. Okay, so we figured we would include this topic at the start of the year because it's week three, I believe, of the new year and I'm sure that more than a few of us have already broken a lot of our New Year's resolutions and we thought it'd be worth talking about. Um, There's always so many hot takes on Twitter. There'll be people who are like, yes, New Year's resolutions are great or there'll be people being like, eh, fuck it, you can start doing your thing any day of the year. And I kind of understand both points of view but because... I am a stubborn piece of work. I have chosen one of these hills to die on. Kara, I want to know whether or not you think it's worth making a New Year's resolution or not. I feel like we're too similar for this and we're going to be on the same hill this time. Uh, I could be wrong. I thought we would be on the same hill last week. So uh, I'm going to say a big fat no. I'm a big fat yes, Kara Brooks. Oh, what the hell? I know. (laughs) throwing you a curveball again. Would you like to talk about why you don't think it's worth making a New Year's resolution? I would happily. I think, okay, for me personally, I will actively go against what anyone tells me to do, including myself. So if someone was like, you need to start running every day, I already do. I would probably stop fucking running. You know, like I can't tell if I make the rule for myself, I will actively go out of my way to break it. So I have to instill things as small habits that start and then build up into regular activity. Like I couldn't just force myself to change. And I think that if I was going to actively change my life, it's that thing. Like I would do it at any point. Like it doesn't necessarily have to be at the start of the year. If anything, the fact that everyone else is actively trying to make, you know, change aspects of themselves makes me want to do it even less. So I feel compelled to go against it. I've never made a New Year's resolution. I continue to not make a New Year's resolution. Uh, last January, I quit smoking cigarettes and I did it on like the 5th of January or something. And it literally wasn't a New Year's resolution. It was just that I was like, oh, fuck, I'm not getting as many shifts at work. This is expensive. Guess I'll just stop. Like, <laughs> I don't think I can just, yeah, I don't think I could. And I know that's a personal experience. So I'll be interested to actually look into this. But I feel like a lot of people just fall off the bandwagon relatively quickly, if not fully by like two months. Yeah, that's my take. What's your what's your uh, yes vote going for? Well, yeah, I actually agree with all parts of that, especially because you and I have a very similar personality and that we are so stubborn that anything that anyone else recommends to me, I will actively not indulge, including myself. So yeah, I'm not accountable to anyone else or myself. So why am I? (laughs) Yes, it's worth making a New Year's resolution. Um, one aspect is that I'm a masochist. Oh, yeah, same. I love confirming that I'm a pile of shit. <laughs> uh, 
No, I, I feel like mine is I'm asking the question thinking about literally everyone else on earth. And I'm like, yes, you can do it. You could do whatever you want to do. But like See, I'm incapable of thinking about anyone other than myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. So so you're you're approaching it from a semi narcissistic kind of point of view. <laughs> Full narcissistic <laughs> <laughs> I was just being nice, Kara. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I completely agree that actually any way that you're going to make an actual full change is by incremental change and and habit forming over a long period of time. And you can start that any day. I guess I just see, from my understanding, just the way our brains work, when we think of a year, that's a whole thing. And so, like, there really is a sense of, like, renewal or this is a brand new opportunity. Yeah, clean slate. And I think it's a really cool time to just, like, take stock in what we've done over the previous year. I, th- I think that it's... I think any opportunity to like improve yourself again talking about literally everyone except for myself i think it's wonderful i think the problem lies in how those resolutions are made and the parameters and the expectations and that a lot of people have multiple resolutions or they'll either measure it too finely or have no no way of measuring it yeah right so either way it's like not desired outcomes because how could you possibly yeah so quantify it yeah it'll either be unreasonable or it's just too sort of ambiguous to to sort of track Mm -hmm. i do really like i've definitely seen some that choose a word for the year and kind of try and remember that word when they're deciding kind of what attitudes they want to bring in and and i like that idea i've tried doing it and i fucking forget the word by day five (laughs) again not useful for me but um yeah i don't know it's always so nice to see like my friends wanting to do better and just trying to figure out how to help them achieve those goals yeah so i i I guess mine is a bit more whimsical and definitely more optimistic than you, Kara. <laughs> shock. Shock yeah, horror. absolute shock. Mm. I don't know. I think it's a nice reset. And in saying that, I have no resolutions. I think, like, maybe the people that make resolutions are the type of people that are just fucking codependent. Like, they can't do things alone, so they need the group of everyone else to be doing it in order to encourage them to do it. It's like the people who join a running club. To me, I'm like, fuck off everyone. If there's someone else running at the park, like, separate to me, I get pissed off because Mm -hmm. I'm like, it's my fucking park. You know, (laughs) like, there's no logic. But it's the kind of thing where if you're joining a running club and you need other people to motivate you to do that thing, maybe that's the same. Like with New Year's resolutions, they they need to know just like psychologically that all these other people are also trying to better themselves. Therefore, them bettering themselves doesn't isolate them or doesn't make them weird for wanting to, to, to do that right there's a level of accountability there and yeah i think it's interesting that you say that because it reminds me when talking about our personality types before for those listening i'll post this in a link on our website in the episode footnotes but there's an online test you can take by an author named gretchen rubin she's built this framework of basically habit forming or like how we're accountable and how we achieve goals and everything like that and you know it's it's a whole fucking self-help book but she's like hey this is just a framework take it or leave it take what you want but anyway there's uh, it's called the four tendencies love me some pop psychology oh <laughs> fun like i've taken the Maya briggs so many times so basically the four tendencies so there was the upholder they're the people that respond well to external and internal expectations and then questioners right and questioners do not respond well to external expectations but will respond to their own expectations yeah so then there was the obliger and the obliger 
does not respond well to internal expectations, but thrives on external accountability and expectations. People pleasers. People pleasers. <laughs> and I, I think most people tend to be obligers, uh, it said yeah. in the book. That's interesting, actually, because I made a bunch of people at my work do this test, right? And because we're all retail, like customer service, essentially, employees. Um, so even though we're artists, we're still, you know, working customer service. Fucking everyone was an obliger that I had to do it. But it was to do with, I think, like, that is, like, a definite personality type that makes sense for customer service, which is why everyone's like, why the fuck are you working in customer service, Cara? And I'm like, I don't know, low self-esteem. Cara, would you like to inform our listeners of what tendency both you and I are a part of, which, by the way, is the most rare tendency, so we're a bit special. We are the fucking rebels. And they respond to neither external nor internal expectations. So it's like someone is like, do this, and we're like, fuck you, and then we're like, like in your internal monologue, it's like, you should really do this. And we're like, fuck you, don't tell me what to do, me. And I think it's interesting that neither you or I make New Year's resolutions while having this tendency, because yeah. I think what it is, it's self-awareness as well. Like, so I, I get that for some people, it might be great because the people that actually can uphold their own bullshit are like, fuck yeah, I can do this. The people like us, where we're like, no, I'll make the resolution and then I won't do it on purpose. So if it's something I really want, if anything, I should be telling myself not to do it and so we just know ourselves too well you know yeah no i think you're right i think it's like yeah okay this could be good for like a lot of people but for us absolutely not but i don't know if i've told you this cara but kind of semi-hack that i have with myself so i suck at adhering to lists that i write because i don't want to do it then i title them could do lists rather than (laughs) to do lists. i shit you not that's how i write my lists is could do and I'm like oh I could do that couldn't I it's an option I guess yeah yeah and it's like well it'll be my idea if I do it like like I'm choosing it even though this oh my god I sound like a fucking neurotic pile of elbows I just <laughs> oh my god I I literally have written the list but I have to write it in order to trick my own brain like what what am I operating at, Kara? Yeah, like, you, you know, your brain knows it had to fucking write it. Like, you made the decision to write Kundu, <laughs> you know? It's sort of like when you set your watch seven minutes fast, you know? Like, it's not five minutes, so you, you, you know. Like, the math's too hard when it gets to seven minutes. You're like, fuck it, I'll just pretend it is what it says. All right, well, I'll check in with you in a week, and we'll see if our respective hills were worth dying on or not. Yes, we will. All right, cue the time warp. Okay, Kara, we've had a week to delve deeper into whether or not it's worth making a New Year's resolution or not. I said that, yes, it was worth making a resolution. You said no. I would like to hear what you found. Okay, um, I found quite a bit of information, actually, and some stuff that I didn't expect. So basically, I found that less than 25% of people actually stay committed to their New Year's resolutions, and only 8% of people actually accomplish them. Over what period of time? Uh, so apparently, this is actually pretty timely for when this podcast will drop. It was I know that it was basically uh, 12 days. It was 60 to 70% of people actually make resolutions, but yeah. only 8% of people keep them. And they, the people who, like, of everyone, like making them, keeping them, whatever, uh, last an average of twelve days. Jesus. So this, if this is dropping on the thirteenth of January, <laughs> uh, on average, most people have already given up. So you can feel alright about that. Yeah, 
yeah, if you've already quit, if you've made a resolution and you've quit, well, welcome to the club because um, so has, you know, you, you're doing about what's expected. I guess it's because most people or a lot of people would be making them New Year's Eve and then giving up New Year's Day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. that makes up for the people that are giving up after a few months. Right, yeah. That's so interesting. I have a feeling that I've fallen prey to confirmation bias this week. Oh, with the statistics? <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I'm excited yeah. to hear that. Did you get different results for the same thing? Yeah, but of course, very specific parameters. And I think like very specific types of goals as well right because this was I believe it was over the course of a year so it was eight percent of people keep them for the full year or like achieve them you know keep and achieve them did it mention like what those goals were about or was it just broadly well I looked up um what sort of resolutions people make and I found a list that breaks them into percentages so it's not going to add up to 100 uh, which isn't just me being mathematically challenged it's because most people make more than one resolution uh so the sorts of resolutions people make was 71 percent of people go on a diet 65 percent want to exercise more 54 percent say to lose weight which is super vague Um, And that's already a massive percentage of people essentially doing the same three things. Mm -hmm. Um, 32% uh, save money. 26% of people want to acquire a new skill. 21% of people want to stop smoking. 17% uh, want to read more. 16% would like to change jobs. 15% 15% of people would like to drink less, which they're the, probably the ones that have already fucked it up by New Year's. Uh, and 13%, only 13% spend more time with their family. Oh, shit. Which they're brave. <laughs> but but uh, I think like what's really disturbing about the types of resolutions, and it, it's also an indicator of why so many fail, is because they're really vague, like they're not quantifiable, um, I can already tell by like looking at the sorts of resolutions there are a lot of them like they wouldn't if you're just making that as a resolution like as you know willing it into the universe like you're not putting systems in place to ensure that you have success from it it's not really holding anyone accountable like if you just decide that you know you want to lose weight it's like okay cool well what systems are you putting in place to achieve that like are you going to check in every week every month like how are you going to, do you even need to lose weight? Or have access to a professional. <laughs> exactly. And same as like, even like a new skill. Like, okay. Well, have you decided what that skill is? Are you going to get lessons? Are you going to, like, there's all these yeah. sort of follow-up questions. And then there's things that are just completely not quantifiable, like change jobs. Okay, cool. Could, you could just quit. Like, yeah. do, you, do you have a career that you would like to move into? Have you plans to achieve that? Do you need further education to achieve that job change? Like, there's a lot of things that I can see why people would quit because all the steps leading up to it become too overwhelming if you don't break them down. And so it makes the end goal seem insurmountable. Like, a few of those are so, like, depend on so many different variables depending on like your circumstances like yeah. if you're you know not very employable then yeah like to change jobs you really do need to fucking break that shit down because it will be more challenging for you to do that I imagine yeah that that actually does track a lot with even what I found was just um yeah vagueness and the way that people frame their goals is why so many of them do fail. Yeah. So in terms of just not necessarily New Year's resolutions, but just with habit making, like people forming habits and keeping them, I found, I'm so sorry, like I'm so bad at writing down where I read this shit, but I found that um, apparently people from a test group, people making one habit for 30 days, like just creating a new habit, keeping it for 30 days, had an 80% success rate. 
Mm. Whereas when you added in a second habit to that, it drops to a 35% success rate. So I think that's part of the issue as well, is that people, if they're making multiple New Year's resolutions, one is fine, or at least a lot easier to stick to, but you're just overwhelming yourself. And it's probably because like we just discussed, like a lot of those resolutions are actually multifaceted. (laughs) Like there's many steps within the actual whole resolution. So if you're adding two or three of those, you're giving yourself just too much. Yeah. Like it's just yeah. way too much to change and to expect yourself to keep up with it, especially if it's really different to how you live in general. And if you fall, if you know, you lapse for one day, then I know I'd be like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, fuck it. Quit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not immediately good at this new skill. Fuck that. Oh, that is <laughs> my entire personality. <laughs> um, so I spent like half the week trying to make sense of like different studies but I just wasn't prepared for how much literature there is around goal setting and habit forming and like the psychology behind it because like every fucking boss wants to find out how they're going to wring more productivity out of their employees without actually paying them more or like better their conditions so they're trying to use like psychology on them oh my god how many of them seemed like a fucking cult Right. Like I watched so many videos and read so much shit where I was like, are you trying to brainwash me? (laughs) I did not even think to watch videos. Oh, my God. Yeah, it was fucked. I guess it's like, you know, I I can get I'm very excitable. So if I am exposed to like self-help literature or videos, I will get sucked in. And I already know that about myself. So that's why I just don't consume any of it. Can I derail for a sec? I mean, this is on track, but I want to tell you a fucked story from today um, (laughs) that is exactly to do with this. In exactly this nature, I was like looking up, uh, I thought maybe someone else had done a podcast about New Year's resolutions, right? So I was like, I'm going to search podcasts and see if I can just like listen to one talking about this and get some. And that's where I got some stats from as well, to be fair. So it was a Dr. Phil podcast. No. One of the first ones to come up. No, just wait for it. And this is us being actually opposite in how we deal with this shit, right? So I was scrolling through my phone and I was playing games like while the podcast was going because I just can't do one thing at a time. So I was listening to the podcast, but I'm also like on Messenger and playing two dots. I'm like switching back and forth between apps, whatever. And Dr. Phil's voice is just like, you know, going on in his southern drawl. And I wrote down what he said because I found this really funny. So I'm doing this shit. And he says, if you need to be doing something else, go do it. But don't be doing A and thinking about B. So how are we going to increase your efficiency 500%? Well, number one, you're not going to multitask. You're not going to drop 20% efficiency. You're not going to take 23 minutes to refocus. And you're not going to be thinking about one thing while you're doing another. No, that's and I just <laughs> And I just went, yeah, you're right. And I just turned off the fucking podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, that backfired on Dr. Phil. <laughs> It's like, fuck you, I would listen to you then. Oh, yeah, true. Touche, Dr. Phil. Off you go. (laughs) I'm too busy scrolling. (laughs) Like, I I get what he's saying, but I don't know about you, Cara, but like whether it's my CPTSD or I have ADHD, like I cannot do one thing at a time. No, no. I just can't. Like the only way I can ever listen to anything is if I'm doing something with my hands. So Mm -hmm. fuck Dr. Phil. I love how he would have like said that, being like, oh, this person's going to like. Tune in. Like, yeah. properly you're like nah he was literally about to go into the steps to success and I'm like yeah fuck this I'd rather play two dots 
Yeah. So there was just so much, I guess, like in the literature. And I guess there was just like, in order to get funding, there was also so many like subsets of topics. So it was like goal setting in rehabilitation and goal setting in education. And it was just completely overwhelming. But I did manage to find a few studies. So my hill is that yes, it's worth making New Year's resolution. Uh, This ultimately hinges on the fact that I think any opportunity for self-improvement and self-advocacy is like worth encouraging. But kind of what you've alluded to as well, and I think we both agree on this, like where we fall down is like the associated like industries around self-improvement and just like the common understanding of what goal setting is, is what sets people up to fail. Mm -hmm. So based on one survey from 2018, so this is kind of getting into the stats of like what types of um, news resolutions people make, and they're quite similar to yours. Nearly half of the people out of like a thousand was kind of small wanted to lose weight in the new year and this trailed only behind the goal of saving money and then there was like a significant jump between wanting to lose weight and having more sex which was only 25 percent and I'm just like bro if you can afford it like go see a sex worker like that's actually pretty like easy to achieve but I think kind of what you were saying like the vague goal of losing wanting to lose weight or go on a diet I think that's dangerous in itself and needs to be reframed and the mechanics of weight loss and everything around that should be better understood before anyone actually undertakes it. So I think more pre-planning needs to go into it or include that planning in your year. So you could say, yeah, I want to lose weight, but then be like, okay, well then, you know, I want to actually set up a plan, decide how much weight I would think would be ideal and stuff like that. So there's kind of a, it was a really good breakdown around the myth of the obesity epidemic that um, a podcast called You're Wrong About does. And they explained that whatever weight you lose while on a diet, there's no easing back into a normal diet while maintaining whatever lower weight you've achieved. So like a lifestyle change that you'd be more or less happy to abide by for the rest of your life would be a better goal than saying, well, I'm going to do whatever it takes to lose this amount of weight. Like that's just set up for failure. Because you have to maintain it in order to maintain the weight loss. Yeah, exactly. So it would be good if like more people sort of understood that like, well, maybe what's more reasonable is reframing that goal to be find an enjoyable physical activity, finding a sport they like. I've seen ones where it was like run once a day. Even if it's for like two or five minutes or something, at least you did it that day. Like, and just try and do it every day and doing it every day, then it becomes routine. And so there's a psychological thing with routine where you just get used to doing it. And I guess that goes back to your habit making thing, right? Or if it's just like one thing, then... Way higher success rate. Yeah. 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 So I I feel like we we both kind of agree, but I'm a bit more whimsical with like, yes. The new year is like just this like fresh start. I I still believe that. And I, like relying on good old confirmation bias, found a 2002 paper published in the Journal of Clinical Psychology, which examined the success predictors and self-reported outcomes with both New Year's resolvers and Mm non-resolvers. So people that just like any old day of the year wanted to do something over a six month period. And it found that the new year's resolvers reported higher rates of success at 46% compared to only 4% of non-resolvers. And they found that self-efficacy skills and readiness to change assessed before the first of the year predicted positive outcomes for resolvers. And so I found that interesting because it said that, you know, like, the results came back with the New Year's resolvers, like having higher success rates. But then they said that the predictors were actually, you know, um, more or less like making a plan for themselves. 
Yeah. And so it's like, I wonder, like, it's probably not necessarily the date itself. Like, I guess like starting it on January 1st gives them a set date. And so they can take all this time planning. Whereas I wonder if the non-resolvers kind of have that date where they're like, yep, going to start it. Like, do you kind of get what I'm saying? Like, Yeah. Like people that sort of work better to a schedule or to like finite sort of like this is now yeah I think so and and basically like the the paper was really good at outlining its limitations it was like well the people involved in this study are the people that wanted to be involved in this study yeah true so it's like semi-self-selecting you know people that believe that they're gonna kind of succeed whereas they found that there were quite a few people that still made these new year's resolutions but the the predictor of their failure was like self-blame and like negative self-talk and a lack of belief that they were going to keep through and yeah so I found that interesting I was gonna say like while we're talking about self-efficacy I was reading a paper I read a paper (laughs) it wasn't just on YouTube so it was I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce the last names at the risk of offending but the paper was titled where there is a will is there a way effects of lay theories on self-control on setting and keeping resolutions and it was in the journal of consumer research right it was published 2005 so they were talking about how people who believe that self-control is like dynamic and changing and this sort of like unlimited resource like the people who believe that they can do it like i can do whatever if i just put my mind to it like Mm -hmm. i can you know exercise more i can quit smoking i can do whatever they're the people with higher self-efficacy and they when they do fail like they attribute that failure to insufficient effort um Mm. and they have a greater likelihood of achieving not just their resolutions but goals in general whereas the people with low self-efficacy are the people who think that they're born with a limited like set amount of self-control and that like a person can't change that so they might say things like oh my whole family smokes it's just in my genes which is kind of true like addiction is proven to be you know have a genetic basis but you know people who are like oh I can't stop eating chocolate because my mom like I have the chocolate gene because my mom eats chocolate all the time too right you know and so it's people like who just make up you know it's like so they have little belief in their own capabilities to carry out goals and so they did worse on obtaining the new year's resolutions so they have low self-efficacy and they attribute their failure to deficient ability rather than insufficient effort and that's really interesting because i wonder so if you wanted to do something say hey i want to lose weight and then you're like oh but i acknowledge that i'm in a food desert Or like, you know, there are other external factors that really work against people who are trying to lose weight. And I wonder if an awareness of that, that does to a failure or success rate, which again, I really think that having such a broad goal is so damaging, no matter like where you're positioned, because if even if you had like, you know, a lack of privilege or these sort of factors working against you, you could reframe it being like, okay, well, you know, I'm in a bit of a food desert. How can I still like eat more nutritional food or like like just like break it down into like a micro goal that you can carry out that might have the side effect of you losing weight but it's interesting to me that particular study at the end of it they were like contrary to popular opinion considerable proportion of new year resolvers do succeed at least in the short run for those 12 days (laughs) well yeah exactly And they didn't sort of say what the short run was. And basically, I just think, you know, there are so, so many studies out there with such varying parameters. You could probably find what you want. Oh, totally. And because like I found some that were saying, you know, like 
you have to set really specific goals. Like you have to have like monthly or weekly mini goals rather than a really yearly resolution because that way you can check in and be accountable for it. But then I also found a study. So this one was in a um, psychological science journal and it was called In Praise of Vagueness, Malleability (laughs) of Vague Information as a Performance Booster. And it was saying that precise information can be discouraging and vagueness allows for cherry picking whatever seems achievable or encouraging. Hmm. So it really gives you like the positivity to stay on track because you can like with vague information, you can choose what sounds better. If you allow for flexibility, I can definitely see how you might be like, like I'm just trying to think, yeah, I can yeah. speak from my own experience, but it's like, oh, well, I, I said I was going to like eat better this year. So it's okay that I'm having this like day of junk eating it doesn't mean that I've fucked it up derailed yeah yeah. it's like no I've just gone to the food carriage on the train it's not derailed (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's still what I really wanted to find out and I really couldn't find much of was just the cultural impact that a new year brings and everyone so many of these studies kept saying oh you know like culture of the new year's resolution is like really important I have a theory on this and it came to me when I was reading that fucking paper um, because it was in a journal of consumer research Ooh. and I was like this is some capitalist bullshit is what this is like buy some new interests and some hobbies you boring mm-hmm. fuck create anxieties around your self-worth like prompt and promote change is it possible to have a fucking new year's resolution without buying a bunch of new shit you know what I mean like I want to read more go buy some new books I want to go on a diet buy all this food these cookbooks I want to exercise well you need exercise gear for that like it's a way to just fucking prompt the economy after everyone's just spent all their fucking money at Christmas and want to try you know that's something I actually wrote down was like I think it's still worth setting a new year's resolution as long as like we can kind of fucking break away from the consumerist aspect of it that is like no you need this gym membership and you need this new equipment like no like why don't you just be like hey I want to read more books and the way I'm going to do that is by going to the library but instead there is a whole market around new year's resolutions and like you need the best to to succeed you need the best things and new new and shiny well totally i went to the conversation and just typed in new year's resolution thinking i'd find you know some pretty good stuff and there was some good stuff but there was one that was like talking about why it's really good to join a gym at the new year oh no it's such a good deal like you know that's going to be the cheapest time is like january february and they (laughs) they even said fucking like by month two it'll be quiet again so like don't stress out if it's busy then i read who fucking wrote it and it was a guy who owns a fucking 24-hour fitness (laughs) type thing like of course he's writing this article he wants you to join up he's acknowledging that a lot of people fail yeah like with everything to do with self-help i think that it can be really positive and should be encouraged as long as it's like not in bad faith especially with the health related stuff i mean i still i still stand okay this is this is sort of my view on like i said no i said it was not worth doing and this is my logic sort of behind it right so if if eight percent of people are actually follow them through and accomplish them that's a 92% chance of failure, right? Like if someone said, I need you to jump between these buildings, but there's a 92% chance of failure. I mean, common sense just kind of dictates that you don't attempt that. Like, I mean, there is the contrarian in me that's like, 
I can fucking do that. Like, I like those odds, you know? <laughs> but I think that in general, like, it's a really discouraging figure. But the more I discovered about how much everyone seems to fucking suck at this, like, keeping their resolutions, the more I was surprised that I'm not actually attempting them just because <laughs> of how contrary I can be. But then I realized that nearly everyone makes them, right? So, like, if only 8% of people succeed, but a huge percentage of people are actually making these resolutions. So the true contrarian stance would be to fulfill the resolutions without actually making any and I feel like I've kind of done that each year like I do do things like that I just don't actually ever make resolutions but I do set goals I do achieve them I just don't do it on the 1st of January like, and I don't make goals that are just a year long yeah and you probably plan them better as well and it's like yeah. yeah you certainly wouldn't jump between two buildings but if you had scaffolding in place you might you might be more inclined yeah if there's like a drawbridge or something yeah you spend some yeah, time building exactly. it exactly like, yeah. and I think that's what it comes down to whether or not you're actually successful or not so for me yes my heel's worth dying on but using your analogy Cara you you want some scaffolding in place <laughs> I, yeah. I'm willing to put some scaffolding between the hills I think there's room nice yeah no uh, yeah I think we more or less agree really yeah it's the same uh, it's just you're a bit more optimistic. <laughs> I don't uh, agree with the the time frame. Maybe that's it. Is that I agree with goal setting? Absolutely. I agree with creating uh, an environment in which you can achieve those those goals. I just don't believe in the vagueness of like a resolution and it being what it is in society. So, I mean, I think it's either, those are your options. It's either like do those steps or just accept who you are and don't make resolutions and just be the best shitbag you can be. Oh, what's the fucking Homer Simpson quote? Well, excuse me for having enormous flaws that I don't work on. <laughs> That's yeah, me in a nutshell. Exactly that. <laughs> Okay, well, it looks like neither of us have decided to leave our hills. We've both picked a hill and chosen to die on it at all costs. Yeah, because we don't plan this. Like, it's not like we're intentionally picking different hills. It's no, just... it's just that I am naturally an optimist and you're yeah. not. <laughs> Fair. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you again, Kara. Next week we're asking, are nice guys ever really nice guys? Thanks for listening to this episode of a hill to die on you can find us on twitter at a hill to die on pod you can find us on instagram at a hill to die on pod you can find us on facebook at a hill to die on and our website is a hill to die on pod.com you can also subscribe rate and review us on itunes podbean spotify and basically wherever else you can find podcasts but only review us if you're going to give us five stars, honestly. Like, I'm not into feedback right now. Um, thanks. Five stars, I'll get the fuck out. See ya. Bye. Bye.